Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Tuesday late morning, actually early afternoon. Who knows what time it is? Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, <laughs> joined in studio by Fletcher Cox at the start of the show. Love it, Fletcher. Um, first of all, you didn't play on Sunday. How are we feeling? Or was this like a veterans thing? Was this uh, you got body stuff to heal? What's what's the deal? You know, as a as a you know as the season go on, you you know you um you know you you know you play a lot of ball, and you know my. This year, you know, I played a lot, and uh, you know, we talking to you know to coach and Howie, and uh, it was like you know just a a group decision, you know, and I was okay with it, you know, I didn't argue with him about it. It gave, you know, I looked at it giving those younger guys, you know, more snaps and more chances to play to get ready for the postseason. Um, so, you know, I feel good. Uh, so, uh, you know, you know, I hate missing games, but in that in that situation, uh, you know, it's probably one of the ones I kind I kind of needed to, to to sit out to kind of get ready. It's uh, kind of nice the, that you don't have like a uh, like a streak that you have to worry about to continue. So like you can make the the appropriate decision there. No, I, right. I'm not worried about streaks. Yeah. You know anything like that? I think I did. Like I think I'm up there with somebody like most games play. Like I think David oh, yeah. Akers or yeah. Yeah. so. I mean I respect that enough. So uh, you know with me, um, you know I like to be a team player. So you know. Well, now we'll get into what's going on with the team, but it's it's the playoffs now. And at this time last year, I remember by your locker, I was asking you about some of your best playoff performances. And you told me to reach out to Zach Ertz to find out what Zach Ertz calls you this time of year. And I found Hold on, out we got to go back and reach out to Zach again this year <laughs> okay, for good purposes. And then we'll continue that. So what's the story of playoff Fletch that, that you can share with me? <laughs> I mean, I think uh, it was, I think, I think I guess my first, so whatever, how many playoffs I've been it was almost like, for me, it's just like a total reset, right? It's like, to me, it's like the start of training camp. It's like the start of the first game of the season for me. And uh, I put so much into it when the playoffs come. And and the guys that's played in the league for a long time, you know, they know like the playoffs is turned up just a click faster. You know, everything's a click faster, you know, so you got to realize that. And, and uh, you know, and you try to share the information with the guys in the room. And, you know, me, I just, just continue to be myself, obviously. Um, you know, everything speeds up because it's just the playoffs, right? It's, it's when you go home. So that's how I look at it. And so how do you convey that to, like, the, the rookies on this team, the new guys? And do you think that, like, as you talk about the playoffs are, are a new season, a new start, is it is it hard to convince guys that, like, you can just flip this switch? Is that is that a real thing? Well, it's a mind thing, right? It's, it's not about flipping the switch, right? It's not about turning the lights on and turning it off. It's all about mindset, right? Your mentality, the way you want to approach, you know, the game. You know, we, we played this team. We played Tampa early in the season, right? We won. I um, mean, they're going to be wanting, they're gonna be wanting some get back. You know, they're going to come out with – I mean, they won their division. You know, they ended their season on a win. We ended our season on, a, you know, with a loss. So, uh, they, they're going to come out, you know, with their piss hot. You know, we, I expect us to do the same. And, uh, you know, and, and try to turn this thing around. You mentioned playing them earlier this season. I'll be honest with you. When the opponent came out and I went back, I watched that week three game. And one thing that jumped out to me is that defense that day looks almost like a different defense than what we've seen the past few weeks. When you watch that film, I don't know if, you, if you've gone back yet and watched that week three game, what jumps out to you? Or I guess, what do you remember from that day? And how do you get back to the way you guys played that day? We came out ready to play. You know, we, you know, we was on the road against, you know, they were 2-0, we were 2-0. Um, and it, it was, you know, it was one of them things, you know, um, you know, two good teams um, in week three. Um, the defense came out on fire. Uh, we knew we had to get after the quarterback. We had to stop the run. We knew there was a really good, efficient 50-50 um, team at the time. At that time of the season, at that point in their season, week three, they were pretty balanced. They were throwing the ball, running the ball, and and we wanted to make them one-dimensional. 
Um, and we you know we talked about that all week, which we probably we will talk about it. You know, um, they're good both ways. Baker is doing a really good job of getting his playmakers the ball, and uh, we, we we have to we need to affect that like we did early in the season. If I can just just go back for a second, what is the what is the Ertz part of the playoff? Yeah, okay, Fletch story? yeah. So playoff Fletch. Well, so Ertz calls him playoff Fletch uh, <laughs> this time of year, Shout as if like that. you turn into a different player, a different person, you or you take it up a notch. And I've I've told you this. I'll tell the audience this. I thought that game against Atlanta uh, in the 2017 playoffs mm. was the best I've ever seen you play. It was like that that particular game. That so was th- a that was a fun game. You know, dominant game for me actually. Uh, I do. I do remember that. Do you have a game in your mind that was like your best? For me, it's the uh, it's the 2017 game in Carolina, when I think you were playing through something and you uh, you just dominated that. Uh, game. Yeah, that game too. Uh, Carolina game. I had a come come off of a grade two calf strain, which right. is which is like a four to probably six week injury. I missed two weeks um and came back on the short week a thursday night it was game. a thursday night game yeah. it was a thursday night game uh i took two snaps in practice i looked at howie and said i'll be ready to go on thursday and uh he looked at me like you know kind of like really i'm like you know i'll be ready to go on thursday and uh you know from that moment um you know i went into the game where it was doubtful questionable whatever I did a pregame workout you know me knowing in the whole time to myself like i'm going like it don't matter and uh was supposed to be on a pinch count, but that kind of went out the window because I, you know, I started fast and and was consistent the entire game. But uh, yeah, that was that was one, definitely one of the one of my favorite games. Do you have another one that's that's in your mind? Man, all of them. Man, it was just it's a lot of those games where every Washington uh, game it seems like <laughs> definitely every Washington game. Uh, I mean, I own them. Uh, um, let me see. Um, Couple of Dallas games I had and played really really good against you know Zach Martin is you know he's one he's gonna be a Hall sure. of Famer so um, we go back and forth um, I mean it's, it's so many games out there that but I just can't remember the ones you know um, but all of them are special to me at the end of the day. One thing I want to ask you about is as everybody on the outside sort of tries to figure out what's going on with with this slide at the end of the season, um, everybody's like parsing words of different interviews they hear and BG the other day was talking about how. You know, we don't have to. We don't have to like everybody. Doesn't have to like each other in the locker room. We have to sort of be pulling in the one direction and and be on the same page. Whereas last year, it felt like all we well, all we heard about was how tight that that locker room was. Do do you feel like there is a difference in the locker room this year? And, and even if so, does that even matter? I think that you know, two different teams, right? I think now is we're we're a lot younger than we were last year, uh, and and just at a few positions. Um, and I think that you know, just trying to get everybody on the same page where everybody love each other. Um, and and I think I think Nick do a really good job at at, at approaching that right. Uh, one of his team, one of our team, one of his team core values is connecting, connecting with coaches, players, um, staff around the building. It, it don't matter. Um, so just re- realizing, looking at that, I mean, it's two different teams. Um, so you have to approach it two different ways. Um, you have to approach every guy a different way, which I do. Um, and and all the leaders in the locker room do know how to approach certain people um, to help them to to up their game, to motivate them, to get the best out of them. Um, but I think you know what BG said. You know, it's we all got to stick together, right? You know, now this thing is is, is there's no tomorrow. There's no. Oh, I think we can get it right next week. And, you know, we got to go right now. The time is right now, and you have to. You kind of feel that, you know, in the locker room. You kind of feel that doing the lift today, um, which which made me feel really really good about you know what we got going in for this week. What's your best your best explanation for what's happened with this defense the past two weeks? I mean, you, you really can't can't point the finger at nobody, right? You know, I mean, it's the coaches. You know, they call the plays. The coaches, they can't play. They can't go out there and play 40, 50 snaps, right? I think, uh, you know, us as players have to hold each other accountable 
and, you know, and, and come together and, and really figure out the problem. You know, the coaches call the plays. Our job is to go out and execute them. Um, in which, you know, there, there, there's going to be some up and downs in, in, in the swing of things, you know, what goes on. But, um, you know, I think, you know, this week is, is really, I think, you know, we'll, we'll all come together and, uh, and try to figure out, you know, pinpoint what's going on. Um, I know our one thing is, you know, last two weeks, you know, we really haven't tackled that good, um, which at, at the midpoint of the season, we weren't, we kind of, we weren't tackling that good, but we was kind of getting away with it, you know, and it's kind of catching up with us. Um, you know, th those are a few things, you know, we can't, we can't allow, uh, you know, what's what supposed to be a two-yard game turned to a, you know, a 12-yard game, you know. Um, and we, we got to do a better job, I think, as a defense of um, players uh, of, of you know, of putting teams in behind the sticks. You know, we're good when we put teams behind the sticks. When teams are second and two and third and one, you know, second and three, you know, those are waste downs. Um, so I think we'll do a better job of that. Uh, you know, we all come together, coaches, you know, we trust y'all. Players, we all hold each other accountable. Leaders going to lead, and you know that's that's what you need to get out, out of these guys for these last, these first, um, you know, this first this first game. We got to go down to Tampa. From a from a leadership standpoint, you know, there's the the story of AJ Brown addressing the the team last week. When do you like feel it upon yourself that it's time for the players to sort of take ownership from what's being said by the coaching staff? I, mean, I think players. I think we're taking ownership from the jump, right? But I think that at the same time, you know, when you take that ownership, um, you know, as, as players, it goes back to accountability, you know, trusting each other. You know, if a guy says something to you, um, it don't matter. Um, you know, your ego can't be too big where you're saying, like, who are you talking to? Like, you know, like, like I don't care if VG say something to me. Okay, VG, I got you. Right. I don't care if Haas say, yo, Fletch, I need you. I got you, Haas. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not bigger than the game. I'm this game, you know, I'm not bigger than the game because, you know, we all need each other at the end of the day. And that's the way I look at things. Did you go to the escape room? Oh, absolutely, yeah. How'd you do? Oh, my squad won. Your squad won? Yeah, I think we did it in like 30 minutes. Okay. Did you have like, uh, who was on your squad? Okay, so it was me, OZ, Okay. Slay. Like OZ's a good one to have. Okay. Mariota. Oh. Uh, who else was it? Vontae, I think. Okay. I think it was, uh, who else? Um, I'm missing a couple of people. Who was the MVP? Because I feel like Slay, maybe that's not the situation where you want him on your team because he could be sort of distracting he, with just conversation nah, about something else. We all work together, believe okay. it or not. You know, OZ, like, it's really you going, that was my first time going to something like that. I yeah. thought it was pretty cool. You're really going there and, like, the writing really is on the wall, you know, like mm. the, the clues and stuff, but it makes you really think. You know, I had a good time. You know, it was a good time to hang out with, with the fellas, you know, uh, which – you know, everybody needs to do things like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just not about. Uh, but uh, yeah, we won. We did it in 30 minutes. Oz, and, uh, Oz was the key. Oz got the Oz. We so I found the first clue. I'm not calling myself the MVP <laughs> by far. Uh, and then we finally started to figure things out, and it was like on the door, on the spray paint on the door mm -hmm. to get the first locks. So after that, then after you go through the first door, it's like really teamwork. Like you gotta. Um, we used two clues. So we did. We did use two clues. Oh, like from the person. From the okay, person, yeah, yeah, yeah. From our guy or tour, whoever, whatever you want to call. Uh, we did use our two clues because we didn't know you. If the next room you go to, there are still notes in the first room uh, that get you, you know, get you through access to these okay. things. So uh, it, it was all a team, a team deal. Um, so we were outnumbered though, because the other team they had way more people than we did, and they thought they were smarter than us. So mm. you know, less is more. So I'll take it. Who's the worst at escape room on the team? You know who was the worst? I think they said uh, 
Who was it? Ojamo. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They said said Ojamo was, was one of the worst. I think AJ was laying down sleep in the in the uh, in, in, in the claustrophobic. Um, in there. I don't know, but it is. It's tight. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's AJ sets the thing up. He's yeah, gonna, so he needed some rest. My man worked out. He, you know, shout out to AJ. Appreciate you, man, setting that up. Much respect for you. Oh, Smitty, what's Smitty? Now Smitty was on the other team, the losing team. Okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, Kelsey was there. BG was there. BG was on the losing team. You know, so you know. I for the rest of. Moro Ojimo's career, I'm going to think of him as the bad of the escape room. Oh, I said he was terrible. <laughs> they said he was terrible. Oh, man, that's really good. And now circling back to the playoffs here, as you said, win or go home, right? You're on a one-year deal. Uh, this this question keeps coming up. Does it occur? <laughs> I, I, here I we need, are. I, I need to ask you here. Does it occur to you every week that it could be your last time out there? I don't know, man. We'll see. You know, he's got a lot of, got a, got a decision to make. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, after the season, so uh, you know it, it'll be one of them things where you take some time and you think about it, and uh, you think about your next move. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we'll see. Are you able to compartmentalize? Like, are you able to be like, this is the season. I can't think about that now, and and turn that off, or is it? It's got to be in the back of your mind somewhere, right? It's always in the back of your mind. You know, things that things come up. Uh, it's always in the back of your mind where you know you probably, man, is this this this. This, this, Take a this look sit. around. You know, right, you, yeah. you look around and, you know, you're like, ah, okay. But uh, it'll be a situation where I talk to my family uh, and, uh, you know, it'll be a, this, my, my agent, all the people that's important to me. And, uh, you know, and then we'll see. As a follow-up to that, though, even even if you are back, right, um, the team will look different. And, and you're one of these guys who has been here for a long time, 12, year, uh, 12 years, playing with it's, – it's rare to have three teammates for – most of that time, two of those guys the entire time, right? Do you look around the locker room and 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 realize that this stretch with these guys it could be coming to an end soon, however long it is? You do. You, you enjoy you enjoy the the moments with those guys. You know, uh, I mean, last week uh, me and Lane, uh, you know, we went pheasant hunting. You know, those moments that that we get you don't forget. You know, you just grab Lane. I call Lane. Hey, man, you want to go here? Uh, yeah, man. I meet me there tomorrow at nine a.m. You know, those are moments that. You know, you, you enjoy, and then come to realize Lane had so much fun doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I should have invited him a long time ago. Um, so, you know, those are things like that. You call a call old teammate, guy that you've been playing with, been going to play a lot of ball with, <clears throat> going to war with for a long time. Call him up now. You, see, you know, I know Lane enjoy pheasant hunting, right? Yeah. So now, like, anytime I get ready to go, I'm gonna make sure I call Lane and see if he want to go. Do you have like do you, do you think back to like the first time you you met Lane or or Kelsey or BG like? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think the, I think I, I still remember the first practice rep I got against Lane. Uh, you know, I was lined up as a four technique, and he was lined up at tackle. And I, and I said to myself, it was, it was my second year, and I was like, man, this guy gonna be good. You know, and look at him now, eleven years later. Uh, you know, Kelsey. The first time I met Kelsey, it was, you know, he was with Howard Mudd, and Howard was just streaming. It was one on one pass rush, one of them deals, and obviously, you know, BG. Um, he he, um, my locker mate for this long, so. Uh, you know, still remember the first time meeting him and that you're looking up like, dang, man, I'm really sitting beside Brandon Graham, you know, just things like that. Uh, so those are moments you always remember, uh, conversations you always remember uh, having with those guys. And you enjoy it. You know, those, those are things like still conversations that me and BJ have. I'm laying kills, you know, at the breakfast table. Uh, so a lunch table, it don't matter. So you always enjoy it. And, and now Bo and I get to be in the locker room. So we understand partially what it's like to have a locker next to Brandon Graham. But can you explain to the audience who doesn't get to be in the locker room, who who doesn't quite know maybe 
how outgoing Brandon Graham is or or uh or the smells. <laughs> oh, let's get there. Let's, yeah. I, th- I, th- I yeah, figured we were like going that. there. I figured we were going there. <laughs> yeah, what's so like if any teammate if any if any teammates need tips, if anybody need tips on cologne or smell good, you can at BG, you can DM him because his locker is full of cologne. Anytime you want to smell good. Um so all the guys come over like, yo, BG, what you wearing today? What you wearing? He's like, oh man. I got this sample right here because I ain't want to buy the bottle. I got this sample. You can have it though. I'll get another one. And you know, that's a pretty, that's very, a very outgoing. You got a good BG impression. Oh yeah, uh, and I think he never has a bad day. You know, he always is just positive about everything, and and I'm so glad that he's like beside me because it's always positive. It's no complaining. It's all right, Fletch. We got to go. Like I need you. I'm like I got you, BG. And now Bo had a line in a story last year about Brandon and his family that like Brandon's the guy in the locker room who is. Uh, FaceTiming or on the phone on speaker all the time, right? Oh, like, I don't you know, think you know what headphones thing. is. Yeah. <laughs> he has no idea what headphones is, right? Yes. It's like it's like if you walk out of a meeting, he on FaceTime. Yeah. Uh, you walk into the locker room, he on FaceTime. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't think he re- literally call anybody. He FaceTimes everybody. Uh, and you know, and it's, is it's, there it's, warning? Like is <laughs> is there warning that that? Uh, oh, it's all day. Okay. <laughs> it's all day FaceTime. Yeah. That's all day FaceTime. But that's, that's BG though. Like everybody know. Like BG going, he going, he going to call his kids, call mm-hmm. his family, call his wife, FaceTime mm-hmm. them all, you know, like, and, and that's the part you respect about him. You know, he's a big family man and he loves everybody. You know, I could FaceTime him probably right now. Nah, he might not answer my phone call. <laughs> so y'all ain't going to get me with that. Nah, uh-uh. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's him. And now, Fletch, do you catch yourself looking around here as, as your, uh, your time with us uh, for the season comes to an end? Like get, get a little wistful? Yeah, man, I, I enjoyed it. You know, um, it's been it's been fun. A diff- definitely a different experience for me. Um, you know, you know, doing something like this it kind of uh, opened up a, another door for me um, to to do this. And, and I can't thank y'all enough for um, the opportunity, honestly, and kind of get me out of my box. Because at first, I didn't. I was just being like, you know, grumpy Fletch. Like, nah, I ain't doing that. You're like, nah, I'm not wasting my time. But you know, over the time, over the, this season, I really, really enjoyed it, and I can't thank y'all enough. Well, we really appreciate you. Doing it, yes, uh, sir. This season, what, what, uh, what, what made you want to do it? Just said, just kind of get out of. My, I like, you know, I like, I like doing, I like trying different things. I like being uncomfortable sometimes, and 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 you know, being uncomfortable, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable sometimes is, is really good for you, uh, really good for me, um, you know, mentally and physically, uh, because, like I said, it's, it's opened a lot of doors, and uh, you know, you get to get to here and t- talk with two of the best in the media, uh, media in Philly, uh, two really good guys, that. Um, but. You know, had it been a few other people, uh, probably, <laughs> probably not. I appreciate that. You, but, did you have uh, something to say? Sorry. No, I, I was going to say the audience has has loved getting to know you. So uh, the seat's open anytime you want it. If, you, if you're ever in the, in the neighborhood and you want to stop on by, you have an open invitation. All right. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, Fletcher. sir. Yeah. Thanks so much for, for uh, all the time you've spent with us this season. We really, yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah. Man, I'll see y'all uh, tomorrow. No, Thursday. Thursday. See you yeah, Thursday. I'll see y'all Thursday. All right. And in the meantime, we got to tell you. All about Bagels and Co. Really, Bagel Man, Fletch? <laughs> Good for you. Okay. If you're, if you're not a professional athlete and you can afford to have bagels, like I like a bagel, you can go to Bagels and Co. Because Bagels and Co. is making Brooklyn-style bagels right here in Philadelphia. Huge bagels, the largest cream cheese variety, and it's affordable. All the stuff we've been telling you about with Bagels and Co., They've got uh, seasonal bagels. They've got seasonal cream cheeses. And it's all very, very affordable. 
For the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store dash locator to find the closest Bagels and Co. near you. And uh, and who am I talking about here right now? Well, you're talking about Game Time. Oh, our good I, friends I, at Game yeah, Time. Yeah, and I have a correction. Yesterday I mentioned the Northwestern women's basketball game. It was actually Northwestern men's basketball game, but what is still applicable is that the PHLY code was used. And I mentioned yesterday, too, uh, this Sixers game coming up on Martin Luther King Day. I've heard from a few people who are actually getting their tickets on game time um, because it's it's a it's a good game to take your kids to. So if you want to join the party for that, you need to know that buying tickets to the Sixers and to your favorite events should not be stressful. And game time is a fast and easy way to do it. For all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near and and theater near you has killer deals on last minute tickets, and it's the best price guarantee. So stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. Uh, what I like most about it is it has that image seat view, so you get images of your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. It's like looking at the menu of a restaurant. Before you're there, which I always do. You do that always, always. You I don't want to like, be surprised. No, never, never. Sometimes when I used to, uh, you don't like surprises. Okay, we'll get to this. Uh, one. We'll, we'll get to this. <laughs> Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Tickets make great holiday gifts. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk menus. <laughs> no, I was going to. I like to do self-deprecating stories. Okay. Um, so there was a time. This is. There was a time um, in a previous life, you know, when I was I was on a date. And uh, I wanted to, to be like. Uh, uh, yeah, I looked at the menu ahead of time so I can be decisive. Sure. not. You're, you're not, you're not going through it. And I picked out what I was good, what I was going to get. And then, um, I, they changed the menu. Okay. <laughs> but I, I didn't look, so I ordered you something didn't and it, was it wasn't on the menu. menu. And so it was just, oh, you just ordered it without even looking. Yeah, double it was just, yeah, exactly. It's I'll, I'll have such trying to be a hot shot. Sit down. <laughs> like, give me this. No, it, it wasn't that at all. It's like, uh, that's no longer on the menu. And it's like, Oh, and then you have to, you have to mm. rush through and, and, and look at and it. So how so. did you explain that? Did, to, to I don't think date. I did. I mean, fortunately, the uh, dates weren't like being on the show with you where they're prodding for it. You just kind of you can try to dictate the conversation as opposed oh, to you're trying to you're trying to conversation dominate. Well, not that. But you, you know, you tend to mm. say like, uh, you know, what were you buying at Ikea? I couldn't just say I was at Ikea. Right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, um, but that's uh, okay. that's that story. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Uh, Happy birthday, I'm, Sloan. Thank you. I'm doing great. I'm attacking the day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. That is uh, an ode to who? Chip Kelly. No, Jim Harbaugh, who uh, won the national championship last uh, night. Congratulations to you. And the Harbaugh family, Jack Harbaugh and John Harbaugh and the whole, you know. And what's so great is they did it without having to cheat at all. Well, he said they're innocent last night, but good game. And if you watch that game. Well, well he said they're innocent. So. And if you watch that game and you're uh, an Eagles fan, you saw. You saw how motion can affect the defense. I imagine fans were thinking about that. You saw winning at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, what 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 that can do. Uh, Sidney Jones on the sideline? He said, okay, yeah, I, was, I thought you were saying Sidney Brown for a second. I was like, why would he be there? <laughs> oh, yeah, Sidney Jones was there. Um, and it is interesting, too. They have 
I mean, this is our first time talking about Michigan. I could have said this back in week two, but they have a guy named Graham, 55. Uh, uh, so it's, 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 uh, they sell actually jerseys now with the names on the back. They used to not be able to do that. Now they do. But you don't know if that's a Brandon Graham or is it Mason Graham? I'm not, I'm not sure. The great, I think it's Mason Graham or something like that. But Brandon Graham, 55, right? And now Michigan has a Graham, 55. And Washington has a guy named Phoenix. Junior, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't understand the joke there. He's an outstanding quarterback, a lefty. Throws, yeah. Tough game last night, but um, really impressive this year. Actually, you mock me. But quick anecdote. I've never mocked you before. You mock me every episode. But last year. It's all, it's all love. And you can roll back the tape, okay, to a previous podcast we did. Okay. And this little flex here because okay, we're talking about this. The Arizona game. Uh, the Eagles-Arizona game last year. Okay. The famous Cameron Dicker game. Okay. It's a Mr. Gonzalez game, as we all know. The day before. What did I do? Do you remember? You went to a college football game. Do you know who was in it? I'm guessing it was Washington. Arizona, Arizona State, State versus Washington. Okay. And do, you, and do you recall what I said? And, and someone can go back and, and listen to it. I don't know if I said it on camera or off camera. And I said, I want to see this, this, this calendar board offense in person. And I said, man, Michael Penix is really looking good. It's like, you know, he's recovered from the injuries at Indiana. This is a player to watch. This is a program to watch. Uh, and now here we are on the PHLY show talking about Washington at the day after the national championship game. So congratulations I mean, to you. Not congratulations. You to me. I didn't call it, but you make fun of it. You're like, why would you go to Arizona and go to a college football game? I don't think I and made fun of you for that. I think you did. You're like, you don't have anything better to do than, than go to an Arizona state Washington game. And the answer is no, because that's an awesome thing to do. Just like uh, last night was awesome to watch that game. Uh, your your enthusiasm for college football at, at this stage of your life, given everything else you have as like weekend responsibilities, yeah. I'm impressed by it. I've, it's 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 uh, hard for me to identify with it, but I'm but I'm impressed by it. That's okay. To each their own, right? Yeah. But yeah, as as the Harbaugh family That's says, why you love New Year's so much. Attack each day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, and uh, that's never more applicable than the morning after Michigan wins the national championship. Did you see Jim Harbaugh? That means every there? single day you've got to have even more enthusiasm than you had the day before. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a mindset, right? But as Jim Harbaugh said yesterday, I thought this was a good quote where um, he said that when his time here is done and and you know they're putting dirt on his grave and someone and someone eulogizes him. The this best is like thing. the Bob Knight quote. This no, he said the, the best. He said, "I hope they bury me upside down so someone can kiss my ass." No, that's not the quote. He said, "If they just call me a Michigan man, I'll be happy." <laughs> That's you're like said. glowing about that it's not that he's about to leave the program probably he like, built them up in the national he he should leave he won a national championship go win a super bowl right you can't win a super bowl in college football so yeah you should go win a super technically that is true okay who do you like from that team i mean we can go on for hours about the uh Across the board, I mean, their their running backs are are really good. Blake Corum's, so, you know, we we saw Donovan Edwards. Um, the cornerbacks, Sandstrill, S A I N S T R I L. Um, I mean, Will Johnson, he's not in this year's draft, right? But uh, really good corner on the outside, a sophomore, I I believe. They don't have the same like edge rushers that they might have had in the in the past. I like the linebacker, Junior Colson. Um, if the Eagles have like a middle round, you, you know, like the quarterback. McCarthy, I do. Uh, 
yeah, I, I've, I've liked McCarthy ever since he was a freshman. Now, I mean, Caleb Williams and Drake May are the top two. I think he he should be in that tier with uh, with Jaden Daniels, with Mike. You know, I think Michael Penix is probably a little lower, but I I think JJ McCarthy has a lot uh, to offer. Number one, and I think that he's in an offense that is not necessarily. You're, you're, you're not putting up the prolific numbers of some of these like spread offenses where you're five wide and throwing all the time. But he can do a lot of, you know, he, he has a, a lot that I think would translate to the NFL. He runs the ball well. Uh, he throws the ball well. Now, he wasn't as effective late in the year, kind of after the, the Connor Stallion stuff. So there was uh, some questions about that. But look, he drove the ball down the field against Alabama, had some really good throws there. I thought he managed the game, played the game well last night. He had a huge run on a when when they were backed up to extend a drive. Uh, so I I think he can do a lot. I, I do like JJ McCarthy. And do you think the Eagles will draft multiple members of the Michigan Wolverines this year? No, I don't. Um, Keep their streak alive. Yeah, I I still think they're can be SEC heavy in terms of how they how they draft. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we're gonna hear from Brian Baldinger shortly which we look forward to uh that was i thought that was good insight from from fletcher cox yeah most I of agree. all the moro ojimo stuff i mean we'll never forget that <laughs> yeah you were digging that you know i was uh it was a good question with the escape room he he enjoyed he enjoyed talking about yeah, that Yeah, it was good but no i i'll say this uh fletcher's been fletcher's been a great guest uh during this uh this season and i hope that eagles fans like fletcher said had a chance to kind of see a different side of him because uh, he said that he's kind of known as like grumpy Fletch sometimes, and he does have a personality that he can turn on, and um, we've tried to show that to the audience. Well, and the and and the insight beyond sure. the personality, I think, has been has been yeah. helpful to us. So and to the audience, and it gave you an expression that you'll be using, I think, for the entirety of your time on the show. Just the steady hand, right? The ah, uh, yes, the calmer you are, the calmer we are. The calmer you are, the calmer we yeah, are. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, the organization maybe didn't follow that uh, that directive from Fletcher Cox. What did you think of the uh, the captain comment you got on Twitter? I thought you were correct. It's absolutely right. You can say it's, you're yeah. describing him, the, the Eagles captain. It's like saying the defensive tackle, the, the Mississippi State grad. Don't yeah. come don't come at Zach Berman on Twitter about <laughs> grammar. Come on. I appreciate you defending me there. Yeah, I I didn't I wasn't bothered by it. I I, I get bothered so. Uh, to answer so to answer your question, um, and this kind of ties into a few things we've discussed, but when it comes to like criticism, I take the Jason Kelsey uh, approach, which is this: Kelsey says the things that really bother you, like the things that keep you up, are when you know it's true, right? When they say something there, I don't think you take the Jason Kelsey yeah, approach. No, I don't think Jason Kelsey is like reading every comment under a thing that he no, writes. No, Kelsey he's will like, say, not taking it all in. I've had this conversation with Kelsey, and he's talked about it, so I'm not speaking out of turn. Sure. But he says, like, the the stuff where the person doesn't know what they're talking about, you kind of just brush off. You're, sure. You know, it's it's the stuff that, like, you fight against it, and then you're like, yeah, he's right. Or that person has a point. That's what that's what really bothers you. So when there's, when if, if that that day when we talked about the Gannon thing, and the person said you brought a uh, a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have a good I show. I thought you did good in that. I, I got to stop thinking about that episode. <laughs> you did a good job. But 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 comments where I'm like, you know what? That person has a point. But not everybody has a point, Zach. 
again, we don't need to have this conversation, but I look at like it like if you go to the if you own a restaurant and one person says uh, they don't talk about football enough. And then yeah. another person says that's the best yeah. part of the show. How can you take them both? Yeah, so that's the hard part. I, I mean, because I want to satisfy all the customers. Well, right? you're not going to be able but to. You so, have to accept that. So if you own a the show is the show. If you don't like it, leave. If you own a restaurant, no, don't leave. <laughs> don't leave. <laughs> that's like someone coming to your restaurant and you making them a steak and they don't like the steak. And you're like, well, then you can leave. You're like the soup Nazi, you know, no soup for you. If you are, if it's like you are, you are opening like an authentic, uh, like cuisine right and this is how you it has been cooked in your family for generations and some jabroni comes in like saying oh this, this isn't not how i've like i've had it at chipotle can you change it you don't have to say oh yes yes please we will change it for you for your tastes no go go back to chipotle <laughs> okay yeah i i believe that customer feedback is an important uh, is an important thing to take. We can, I'll, I'll convey the customer feedback to you that I think is appropriate. And then I won't convey the one that, 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 that you don't need. Okay. Um, all right. We are, uh, waiting for, uh, for Baldy here. What do you want to talk to, to Baldy about? Well, what, what's going on with this team, right? Number one. And then number two, uh, the bucks I said on yesterday's show, I've seen bits and pieces of them since week three, the Eagles haven't had as many like cross opponents with them. And, or they, they've had cross opponents, but but it, it's it, it's not a team that has kind of come across my desk as frequently during the past two months of the season. I saw some of that Panthers game on red zone the other day before the Eagles Giants game. Uh, but I'm curious if I'm I'm curious how this this Bucks team stacks up. Right, the Eagles completely outplayed them in in, uh, in week three. But but really, what's wrong with this Eagles defense? Why does it look like? All, all, all three levels are playing like a different scheme here and how or if they can fix this in time. All right. Well, the good news is we can start to ask those questions now because we are joined by Mr. Football himself, Brian Baldinger. Baldy, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. You know, I'm like everybody else. I'm excited about Super Wildcard Weekend starting in a couple of days. Did you have to like steal yourself to watch the film from from Sunday did could you even bring yourself to do it or did, did you have to be like all right everybody this is about to be like a horror show get ready like cover your eyes how how bad was it well it was bad if you wanted to just tell the truth it was bad you know I mean, if you just want to just tell the truth about what's wrong i i didn't tell the whole truth i did some things out there but um cuz it's not my job to like i mean that's what the coach's job is is to tell the truth. And I don't know that anybody's telling the truth over there about, you know, how hard they're playing, if they're in shape, do they communicate? Does the right hand know what the left hand is doing? I mean, there's just some things, you know, if the other team is calling out the plays before they happen, maybe there's something a little bit predictable about what they're running. So all those things are happening. And and so I, I, I was going to ask you about defense there, but in terms of like calling out the plays, before it's happening, what do you see about the predictiveness of the offense? Is 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 that what you're referring to, and is that something that needs to be fixed going into this Bucks game? Well, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed, but I mean, you know, by formation and by personnel, they do certain things. You know, Jack Stoll's on the field. There's certain formations. If Calcaterra's on the field, there's certain things that they do and don't do. I mean, there's just things from a formation standpoint and personnel standpoint that um, are are pretty easy to figure out. But, you know, the biggest thing, honestly, Zach, when I watched him, like, 
it was just odd to me. Like, there's only one thing Wink Martindale does, and we all know it. We all know he's going to blitz, he's going to pressure, and it's coming. It's just coming. So what's your answer to it when it comes? And honestly, it looked to me like they weren't anticipating it because they didn't have an answer. And so that's when Jalen's running all over the place and generally just throwing the ball away, um, but really not running a play. And it just – I had to corroborate that just with some people. But, like, I watched all the blitzes. I'm sure you did too. Like, what was the answer to it? Because it's coming on Monday night. We know what Todd Bowles is going to do. Um so it's just it's kind of head scratcher when they say we got to work harder, we got to do this and all that stuff. Well, all right, great. That, you know, you hope that you do that, but are you working smart? Are you working on the things from a game plan standpoint that's going to help you win the game? Because I didn't think they did that last week. It's bizarre. I, I cannot believe that we are still here after week eighteen talking about like why don't they have a plan for the blitz? They're the most blitz team in the league, as you said. If there's one thing you're going to spend time on in the week leading up to a Giants game, it's, okay, what are we going to do against Wink Martindale blitzing like every down? And I remember, it, <laughs> I remember Wink, like to someone, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with him, but, you know, he was telling me he, he was going to blitz Aaron Rodgers in preseason in that Jets-Giants game just to see what Aaron's response to his looks was going to be. Like, he's always looking to find an edge from your protections or how, you know, and, and generally the Eagles – didn't block some of the overloads really bad. I mean, they got a couple of free hitters coming at them, but for the most part, they actually did a decent job of picking it up. It's not like um, the Giants have great pass rushers. I mean, Milada and Lane, they were in good shape, but the overloads and some of the things that they did uh, did not have an answer. You know, I mean, look, Jalen's and his interceptions, eight of them are against the Blitz this year, you know, and so it's coming, you know, and the mistakes will probably ensue. It did last week. The Xavier, second Xavier McKinney interception, the first one, whether the one on the sideline, I mean, that was Okereke coming right in his face. And, you know, he threw the ball up for grabs like that. And we know what Todd Bowles likes to do. We've seen him do it against the Eagles earlier this season. We saw him do it against the Eagles in the postseason two years ago. I guess what do you expect from this Eagles offense to try to counteract that Todd Bowles blitz? Well, there's some basic blitzes, Zach. I mean, there's different ways to pressure, but there's some basic overload pressures. You're going to be a man short. Like, you got to have a sight adjust. You got to have a hot read. You got to have a place to go. Like, the receiver's got to see it. The quarterback's got to see it. And you can see teams that have an answer. You see them, like, teams don't want to blitz them because they have the answer. And so you don't see a lot sometimes. So, I mean, Todd has every blitz imaginable and then some that we've probably never seen before um i mean antoine winfield will come on a blitz from the free safety position i mean they could come from anywhere um they could line up with you know five guys on one side of the ball and that could be just a diversion to bring pressure from the other side so i mean everything is up and if i was jason kelsey's if i was you know jalen if i was nick if i was you know all these guys I sit and watch this blitz reel a whole lot this week just to make sure that we have answers when it comes because it's coming. And what, what kind of answers are out there? Um, you know, is it uh, we've, we've, we've seen basically it's the, the quick screen to the wide receiver, you know, th- those horizontal passes, which have not worked very well. Uh, we've seen very rarely them take the shots deep downfield. We saw it against Arizona when Devontae dropped that ball. I thought that was good process. What, what other answers could there be for them? 
Well, I mean, you can always, uh, you know, run the ball. That always takes a <laughs> That's like the first answer. Um, you know, you can hold the snap count. You can have a lot of dummy calls where you can kind of get them leaning and, and showing the blitz. I mean, that's what Brady did to him in the playoff game a couple of years ago. I, I mean, when uh, Stafford did it to him, uh, threw the ball to Cooper Cup on, you know, they, they screwed up the blitz, but it was a blitz zero. And they got the ball to Cooper Cup, passed the safety, and it was a difference in a game. They kicked a winning field goal. Um, you, so there's things you can do with the snap count just to kind of hold it and maybe get them to show their hand a little bit so that, that so you can kind of give an idea. Uh, you can have, instead of just running these nonstop vertical routes that they run, um, you can have some built-in short routes, you know, where it doesn't have to go 20 yards down the field. So there's a lot of options and there's a lot of answers. But this would be a good time to, like, put them into play. <laughs> you would think so. If I can shift the attention to the defense, you know, there was a lot of talk last week about Hassan Reddick dropping. And then literally the first two plays of the game, Hassan Reddick drops. As if yeah. uh, this coaching – so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is it that I'm missing across the board. Because when I watch this defense, it doesn't seem like this scheme is, is, uh, is consistent with what the players are trying to play. You know, I, I, I gave the anecdote. I went back and I watched that week three game against Tampa Bay. And it looked like the Eagles played an entirely different defense that day. Uh, there was communication. They they knew what they were doing. There was pressure. Um, you know, it, it, it really seemed to be a coherent scheme. So what are you seeing from the Eagles in the in particular these past two, three weeks, and how do they fix it? Well, Hassan Reddick gives a dropping, Zach, if they're in a four-man front, and he's a defensive end, outside linebacker. He is going to drop, and, jo and Josh Sweat did last week as well on the other side, when they're in a five-man front. Because you need somebody to cover the flat, depending on what the coverage is. And so that's what Hassan's doing. But there's ways to work around it. Um, but, you know, T.J. Watt drops into coverage, you know, in certain looks. I mean, these guys do it. And Max Crosby never does it. But you can flip you can flip guys to, you know, have another guy drop, you know, in that particular look versus formations. Um, there's ways to kind of get around it uh, so that you're not taking your best pass rusher and putting him in the flat. Um, but in a four-man front, I mean, they're in a five-man front, presumably, to stop the run. Um, to help stop the run, you know they're not, they're not particularly good. They're trying to protect their linebackers, which have been just horrible and run fits, as we know. And so I think you you might have to like say, okay, let's put let's just play a four man front. Tampa doesn't run the ball particularly well to begin with. They don't get great movement at any of the point of attacks and any of their combo blocks. So let's just play a four man front. Let's you know I mean whether Jordan Davis plays doesn't play. I mean he's sort of their nose tackle in most of these fronts. But, like, let's play a four-man front, and let's put our four best pass rushers out there. And let's make us – make what I would say is active, so I can be clear. Like, make – run the Eagles out of that four-man front. That's what I would do. I agree with that. And you would think that one, one problem with that is you, you need somebody else in there because those linebackers have been so bad, and the loss of Sidney Brown, I think, affects their ability to do that. We'll, we'll see what kind of answers Matt Patricia has. In terms of the Bucks offense, Baldy, what, what should they be prepared for? Well, I mean, Mike Evans is all world. And so, um, you know, if red zone, like, they're going to take a shot to Mike Evans. He's got 13 touchdown catches. Um, you know, he's a deep ball threat. He still runs really, really good. Uh, he's a big target. You know, so you better be in great position on him because he draws a lot of penalties because guys, you know, they get their hands on him. They, they come over the back of him. He's a big target that runs good. So that's that's their number one option 
And Godwin isn't putting up the type of numbers that he has in the past, but he's a good number two. Baker's going to throw it to the open guy, uh, mostly. Uh, he, he reads things pretty well. This Trey Palmer can flat out run. They run a variety of formations, a lot of bunch formations. This Dave Canales is is pretty, uh, you know, he, he's pretty creative. You'll see two tight ends and Kate Otten and, and, uh, and their guys and, you know, twin sets. And the twin set wants you to kind of reveal if you're a man or if you're in zone. If both corners are over, it's probably man. So that's kind of an indicator when they're in their twin set opposite the two tight ends. So, you know, there's an old saying, like, if you know the formation, you know the play. And I think that's pretty true with Tampa. Rashad White White has played better Um, over the last six weeks. He's had a couple of really good games. They've got the same five guys now for the last – I know um, Matt Filer was left guard in week three. He got hurt. Aaron Stinney came in. And since then, they've literally – lined up the same five guys for at least the last 10 or 12 weeks in a row. So they have continuity now. Tristan Worfs early on was still trying to figure out left tackle. He's playing at a much higher level right now. He's back to being Tristan Worfs right now. So, um, but you look, Gedeke and some of these guys, I mean, you should win some one-on-ones against this group. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, it's it's a, a nine-win team that the Eagles handled it in week three. The Eagles are are favored on the road despite playing like crap here the you know five of these past six games um is this a good matchup for the eagles as 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 good as 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 one can be this time of year is this a matchup eagles fans should be worried about outside of the way the team's playing itself well zach i mean look arizona didn't i mean arizona was shocked at how good they played against eagles i I talked to monty austin for for the game like there's just he's just going into this game looking for building blocks for next year to see them whip the Eagles like they did, run the ball like they did. I mean, he, he wasn't expecting that. And then to see Tyrod Taylor basically throw for 300 yards against him, I mean, you know, it's disappointing. Uh, so I think it's still the best matchup. Like, I'm thankful they're not playing the Rams. You know, they're not playing a team at Green Bay. Um, this is the best matchup they could get. They can win this game. There's no question they can win this game. And, and maybe it'll quiet the crowd a little bit and maybe – uh, all the players will say, I told you so. Okay. Um, it's the best matchup. It's it's the most winnable of the matchups that they could have this weekend. Baldy, I'm going to ask you a very selfish question because I know that you are a man who knows many things. Do you have any any, any advice for a, a sore back? Yeah, well, um, you know, it, it, the, the body is a pulley system. So you got to strengthen the core to get rid of the bad back. And then, you know, you gotta, you got to stretch. you got to stretch. All the time. Can you touch your toes with your palms on your hand? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you got to. So put your. So bend down, stand up. I can do it when I'm sitting up. here. But no, yeah. no. Stand up and bend your knees and put your palms on the on the ground. Okay. Right like now? Just, like just like, <laughs> like, like, like this. And then, <laughs> like, basically, you got to open up your hips. You got to open up your hips right there. Okay. Gradually. But keep the palms flat on the ground and then straighten one leg. You know, bend one leg, straighten one leg, one, and 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 you gotta. I mean, that's what I would do. But I would do, you know, I would I would go start at maybe one thousand crunches a day, like just okay. start working yeah, on four. <laughs> yeah, and then build it up to two, three thousand crunches. It takes twenty minutes, but it's a good twenty minutes. So, I, this is this is what I need. I need this kick in the butt. Or well, back. Thank you very much. If, if if I can sneak one more question in, uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. The, the question I, I I keep getting, I hope is, it's about banana. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I have a question for you. I have a question. Yeah, like you're you're a very good reporter. 
I see your questions in some of these press conferences when I read it. And do you ever feel like you get an honest answer? Very rarely. Great, great question. Yeah, very rarely. I, I mean, very rarely. It bothers me on your behalf that what you get from Nick and his staff is what, which is nothing. Yeah. So I, so I, I, I can tell you what I'm trying to do sometimes there short of getting an honest answer is getting that question on the record. Right. Because okay. so, so, you know, you. so, you know, all right, they've been asked, you know, are you making staff changes or, or, yeah. or, or like, what'd you see from Jalen in this situation? So you have that benchmark to refer to uh, when you go back to it. I got you. Okay. Uh, my, 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 my last one for you is I, I keep hearing if the Eagles win this game, how can they avoid San Francisco? And the way they can avoid San Francisco is if is if obviously Green Bay wins or the Rams win. Uh, either of, of those scenarios, do you think that could happen this weekend? Do you think that the underdog could win in, in either oh, yeah. of those other two games? I mean, I, I, I think the Rams are the most dangerous team in the <laughs> NFC. So uh, I, I think that they can absolutely go to Detroit and win. In fact, I'd be surprised if they don't. Um, and not take anything away from Detroit. Rams are just playing great football right now. And uh, their running back is legit. Their emphasis on the run game, the way they rebuilt their offensive line, uh, all the things. It's It, it looks like a well-coached football team. And look, I, I mean, Green Bay's playing good football. Like Dallas some days looks unbeatable. And then some days you, they look vulnerable. So I don't know. But there's a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott to go play great at home in this game against a team that um, is so young uh, and they're having so much fun uh, starting with Jordan Love, that, you know, and, and they're well, really, really well coached. I mean, they're, it is a really talented and creative offense that LaFleur has put together. So, but I think the Rams look like they're ready to go into Detroit and win that game. Man, what a heartbreaker for Lions fans to have Matthew Stafford come in and beat them in this this great season of theirs. And then for Mike McCarthy, if he loses to the Packers, tough. I mean, the, the storylines, they just write themselves. We don't have to go create them. They're already being written right now it's 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 fantastic well baldy thank you so much thank you for the advice and the insight we will uh okay. we'll talk to you later yeah. we really appreciate it all right maybe after a playoff win monday night okay got gotcha. fingers crossed on on fletcher cox's behalf thank you baldy yep uh now i gotta tell you about foco because foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel accessories toys collectibles novelty items and more it is the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. They've got your overalls, your hoodies, your hats, your sunglasses, your bags, everything you need for a game. Foco has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. How you doing, Zach? I'm well. So I, I received a, a question from a uh, listener, viewer, who, who want you and me to discuss similarities, differences between the Eagles under Sirianni today and Chip Kelly's last year here. Uh, Chip Kelly's last year. Now, so I can speak to that. I don't think you were. I wasn't here. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't here. I think the big difference, one, is that the Eagles are winning more this year. They're in the playoffs. Chip Kelly's last year, they were, you know, th- that decision was made when the Eagles were six and nine at that point. Uh, yes. Number one, number two. I think there was more dissension in the locker room. Now, what I mean by that is, I'm not saying everything is is peachy in that Eagles locker room. Uh, I think there was if 
there was dislike for the coach. You know, like now there might look. I don't want to put words in 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 the mouths of of players or even assign sentiments. I think if there is kind of um, frustration, it it might be schematic or kind of like like the way things are, are done. I think there it was more like the overall um, approach and kind of the system that was in place and some of the interpersonal stuff. I don't think that's as much of the question with uh, and Sirianni also the right scheme now. had had yeah was not putting them in position to win either. Yeah. But yes, I think that's probably a fair characterization. And then there was also toward the end of the chip era, there was clear dis, uh, dysfunction within the front office, you know, from the coach front office dynamic to the point that in, in at the end of year two, how he got got pushed aside, Chip was in charge of the roster and kind of operating the way he philosophically thought it should be, as opposed to maybe the way Jeffrey Lurie or some others in that building thought it should be. Uh, but it was not a, it, the, the thing I, I, I can say is that the confidence in the head coach had eroded at the end, right? And that's why Jeffrey Lurie made the team. There was the thought that Jeffrey Lurie wanted his team back. I think that if there's any similarities here, it would need to be that the confidence in the head coach has eroded um, if such a move has has made. But I don't think it would be based on interpersonal uh, or that dynamic. I, I, I think that uh, for, what, for whatever you can say about Nick Sirianni, I, I think that there's, like, I think the personality is respected and appreciated within the building. I don't know if we can say that 100% okay. for okay. everybody in the building. Okay, I can't um, speak for everyone in the building. Yeah, but I think it seems that way in the locker room. I don't. I don't know that we know what the front office dynamics are like right sure. now. Um, I think there are, are some things that could have rubbed some people mm. the wrong way along the way, but I, I think those are okay. things that we we need to wait learn more about until they are, are yeah. reported a little bit more yeah. deeply when the season is over. But I I would say overall the biggest difference is that they're eleven and six right now. They were six and they were six and nine when Chip was fired. So uh, there's certainly been a collapse here, but they are in the postseason. There's a chance to continue writing the script. Um, now, if it goes... A chance to rewrite the whole narrative of the season, Zach. If it goes on Monday night, the way these last two games have gone, all bets are off at that point, right? If you end the season with like three embarrassing, embarrassing losses to the point that you discussed post-Dallas game... It's hard to come back from. That, that I said was ridiculous then and... The worst case scenario has is kind of close to occurring. You know, Even worse, it's on the doorstep of occurring. Right? Is that if they don't go down? That's why this 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 game is huge, not just for this season, but kind of for the entire outlook of the franchise. Because a loss that looks the way it did against the Giants, that looks the way it did against um, the Cardinals, would show you a lot about kind of the not just the fitness of the organization at this point, but really how and if this coaching staff is getting across to these players. Well, and it was interesting to see the Jacksonville news from yesterday that Doug Peterson basically clearing out almost all of the staff. Um, did you see on his defensive staff got got spared? I did. Rory Seagrass <laughs> Rory and Bill Yes, yes. Very funny. Yeah, seriously. It's like... Good for those guys. Yeah, staying power there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, but but it is it speaks to when things collapse mm-hmm. like they did there and like they could here. Well, I mean, change is guaranteed. It's sure. just we're talking about the level of change. How high up it goes. Yes. Mm. Okay. 
good stuff. Good stuff from Baldy. Need to, I got I got I got to start working on my core. There's no great, doubt about that. Yeah, great stuff from Baldy. I appreciate the journalism discussion too. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, because I so I, I I'll, I'll I'll take a, a quick minute or, or two here, and then this goes back to you saying some of the feedback. I think sometimes uh, listeners and readers and, and viewers want the press conferences to be almost like like they are in the in the, in, the, in the movies where we're like, how dare you know? How dare you do that? And that that's just not you know if if uh, we know going in, we're going to ask the questions without fear or favor and he can answer it however they want. Right. And we can only control the questions. We can't control the answers. Now we can call BS on a, on an answer at, at times, but, yeah, but, and as you said, there, there are questions that need to be asked. Yes. Whether you expect an honest answer or not. Exactly. But it's, it's, it's not the type of thing where like you go charging at them after, after, after the game and say, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. You know, it's, it's like, uh, that would be funny. I would have liked you to see you do that. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, but no, so I, I think that, you know, you ask in that case without fear or favor and they can, they can answer the question. However, they, they deem fit and we can call BS when we write it, when we discuss it. But again, I've said this to players and coaches and, you know, PR people and that they can't control the questions, Right. But they they do control the answers, and uh, if they're lying and it it's, it comes out that you know we find out they're lying, then we write it accordingly, right? When Nick Sirianni says they're not making any changes, and then literally the next day they make a change, right? The same thing happened with with Doug Peterson a few years ago, or all these things. So so yeah yeah, Baldy's right. There. Now the truth of, is there are not really serious repercussions. There's so not like repercussions other than yeah, public, right. other than yeah. than in the public domain. But as Baldy said, yeah, there are times when we ask these questions, and it's like, as 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 you the phrase you use, you know, don't don't piss on me and say it's raining, right? I mean, perhaps you can say that, but uh, I would also add that there are the the nature of interviews are different than the nature of press conferences. Press conferences in t- in today's media have become almost performative, right? They're as much for the team as they are for the media. You're behind a backdrop. Yeah. It's being broadcasted, right? There are conversations that you have off the side with coaches, with players, that there's not a camera there and it's not performative. And then you try to get substance in those situations that you can convey with in, in, in your reporting. And by the way, you get lied to a lot in those settings too. I'm not saying that. Or, or you get spun in those settings too. But I do think that Press conferences by nature tend to be performative. And I I appreciate the coaches, frankly, who don't make them performative, who answer them and approach them the way they would in a conversation. I think that's all well described. Thank you. Okay. Good job. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here, Zach? Uh, so it's a longer week. I heard Nick Sirianni say on the radio this morning that it's like having a mini buy. And there is a... It doesn't fully add up, but... It doesn't fully add up, but they do have. Look, if they had a Saturday game this week, yeah, that'd be they tough. would have had their game plan finished on Monday night, basically, right? Players are in for practice. Yeah, the on the extra day will be helpful because that's the that's when they finally get to plan <laughs> the for the blitz. Yeah. It's like they didn't yeah. have that extra day last week, so no, we just we couldn't get to it. Yeah. I'll say this: it it uh, it could potentially. I keep hearing like they're getting screwed on the back end. Professor Shellman in that chair last week put it well. 
They could have had a Sunday game and played on Saturday, and you're still in a short week. The following Saturday, you're in a short right. week. I don't, think, I don't yeah. think it's that bad. So playoffs, this is this is the nature of it, unless you have the bye. And you're, gonna, and you're now, like, they're going to play on Sunday. If they win, they're going to yeah. play on Sunday. They, they will, the league will not make them play on Saturday. Yeah. That's definitely not going to happen. So uh, where I think actually the Monday game – the, the Monday game is, is beneficial to them is they have some key players who are injured, right? And so A.J. Brown, if he's going to play this this week, and then that extra day could be beneficial. And you go on down the list with Reed Blankenship and Cam Jurgens, uh, Devontae Smith recovering from the injury last week. So, yeah, it could be beneficial from an injury perspective. Uh, but from our perspective, the reason I, I started this is, is the Eagles are going to be off tomorrow. We'll talk to coordinators tomorrow, but it's not like, you know, the players are not in the building tomorrow. They're not on the practice field until Thursday of this week. Uh, so the coaches, in theory, have a longer time to put this game plan together. The same thing, though, Tampa Bay coaches have a longer time to put that game plan together as, as well. So uh, I'm fascinated to see how both teams respond on Monday. What do you think goes into Moro Ojimo being a bad person at escape room? I feel like to be that bad... It's like it's like he's offering bad suggestions, and he's being very vocal about it. <laughs> Probably otherwise, you're just more of a wallflower. Yeah, maybe right? you're just not into it, right? Or just like actively like throwing a, tam- a temper tantrum. That doesn't feel. Yeah. That doesn't feel. Like I saw something. an EJ Smith story in the Enquirer that a- that AJ Brown was uh, was claustrophobic in there. Right, he wanted to get out after a few minutes. So mm-hmm. so maybe like the actual event, you don't. I've never done an escape. He's room. like he's like puking in the corner. Yeah, I don't, I've never done an escape room. Have you? I have. Have, have we discussed this on air? I think maybe we did. That's the thing about five shows a week. We, yeah, Joy is nodding her head. Yeah, I, I know we talked about it off air, but no, I've never done an escape room, so I, I couldn't tell you. I feel like for I feel like to be to be actively bad means that he's like trying to control the conversation and steering it in the wrong direction. Smart Probably guy, more so. Ojimo, but very smart maybe guy. Maybe not as smart as he thinks he is. Started college right. when he was sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Precocious. I, I appreciated Fletcher Cox using literally correctly. The answers are literally on the wall. Mm. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. Good stuff. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We are back tomorrow at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. the rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We've got the professor, Dane Is, on Friday. We've got, should we say it, Zach, who we have on Thursday? We've got a former friend of ours. Not Cutter Gathier. Good one. Yes. I want to ask you about that tomorrow. What do you want to ask me about it? I want to ask what you would have done if you were in Daniel Breyer's shoes. I, I probably would have traded him. Okay. All right. So that's, I don't need to ask you tomorrow. That's your answer. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what, what, are you gonna, what else are you going to do? I Hold mean, him hostage? One Set could, the bad precedent? One could try to call his bluff. If, is he going to wait two more years to become a free agent? Yeah. I mean, you know, would his mind change? Yeah. But I then you got to, like, how much time does Daniel Breyer have? I think Daniel Breyer is good. Yeah. I think, like, like, in terms of his job security. Okay. He's good. He just drafted, uh, yeah. Yeah, Mike yeah, Makov. So why don't you just, why don't you save these takes? Why don't you go on the show with Charlie and Bill? <laughs> if, if, if I'm invited, I would love to. Yeah. Uh, have I ever told you? Um, <laughs> I think you have. Sorry, you were wrapping up the show. That's all right. I think you, you have told the story, but go ahead. When I did Daily News Live, yes. uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really good on. These other teams, I don't know the Flyers as well. And they're like, well, you, you need to know the Flyers if, 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 if you're going to do this. And so I, I go to, I go to their, their skates. I go to their games. Like I'm 
reading everything. I'm watching everything. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think there's some other people who might have, um, you know, just, just gone on the show and like had like a few like catchphrases that, 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 that they might use to show. I was getting like really esoteric about, uh, you know, when, when this player was drafted out, when this player was drafted out of the WHL and it's like, what is he talking about here? So yeah, I got a little too into the weeds on the NHL back then. Good for you. Thank you. You're, you're always going to do your homework. All right. That'll do it for uh, this episode. Thank you to Fletcher Cox and Brian Baldinger for joining us. We thank you for listening and watching. Make sure that you are subscribing and hitting the like button on the video, all that good stuff. Evangelize. Tell your friends. And that'll do it. So for all of us here at PHLY, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. Mm-hmm. 